Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner. College football season. I wouldn't say William and I like college football. I'd say we love it. Love it. Oh, God. Uh, and it's right around the corner. <laughs> so to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, uh, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of the limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. That's uh, $1 turns into $200, if you ask me. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey. Uh, I-N? What is that? Indiana. Indiana, thank you. Or uh, Pennsylvania only. Uh, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Uh, slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or, in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. <laughs> They're fucking scam artists. Um, okay, let's do it. Okay. Let's do our uh, group welcome. Okay. Uh, well, you start. Okay, okay. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next time. time. I am your host, William, but with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, we got a campaign for Cam Thomas. <laughs> we are back as we are each and, un, uh, each and every is what we are back for. Each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon. Uh, whoa, that was intense. Um, <laughs> Simon, Simon. I an entire episode like this. <laughs> the Summer League. Yes, it's hot, hot, hot. It's, it is, I'm loving the multi-fan situation you have going on. Oh here, my god! By the way. We have an AC, Ooh. a table fan, and then a floor fan over there. Is that thing cooking, or it's just it's, it's cooking. just there for love? Yeah, it's cooking with gas. Okay. Which um, I think not only you will enjoy it, but no doubt our listeners' ears mm. will enjoy it because it's worth it, listeners. Yeah, it is. for our comfort, <laughs> it's definitely it's worth. Like, I will melt if yeah. If there are some fans going in. It's, it's real, <laughs> real, real hot. Uh, we have, as we do each and every Unrelenting Week, a busy agenda. Yeah. We've got headline of the week, Simon. We've got <laughs> summer league recaps. We've got NBA tears by worthless, annoying, awful Seth Park <laughs> now. Who I kind of like. I, I don't have the animosity. Yeah, I have intense dislike for Seth Part now, and I'll tell you why later. We have a mailbag, of course, towards the end of this. You remember the mailbag? Oh, of course. And before all of that, Simon, 
I want to walk with you hand in hand. A fully recovered you. Yes, I am fully recovered, non-contagious me. Uh, so I want to walk hand in hand with you, hand in uncontagious hand with you, <laughs> to a corner, okay. Simon. Great. <laughs> and that corner is populated by some of the NBA's true elites. And that group, Simon, mm-hmm. is known as uh, the assistant coaches. Of the league. Oh, yes. I we're love going, the corner. We are going I love that corner. to a very bustling assistant coach's corner this week. <laughs> Simon, first person we're going to meet in the corner is new coaching consultant Steve Clifford. Yes. What a day. Um, love, love that. Wish that he were actually on the bench. Um, I don't know if you – so, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. I, for one – now, I to say that I followed the Magic very not closely is an understatement. I am not a Magic expert. But to me, it seemed like that team, given their talent level, pretty much never underperformed. If anything, sometimes, occasionally, they would slightly overperform. Like yeah, I, no, Steve – Steve yeah. – uh, Steve Clifford's – Purportedly, an incredibly good coach. He he gets everything out of his team. He has him playing in a way in a winning style, uh, as as you say, by playing pretty hard nosed defense. And yeah, I think that's sort of the the thing with him. He's he's been able to get a lot out of the really really shitty teams he's coached, but he seems to always coach really bad teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is now a coaching consultant, and that is actually something I wanted to talk with you about before D'Antoni mm. left us mm-hmm. dumped us mm-hmm. to go be a coaching consultant for the Pels I don't think I've ever really heard of a coaching consultant no and I, I haven't either I mean I guess like Steve Nash was kind of a consultant for, for the, the Warriors. Warriors I don't really know if that's what his title I think he may have even been had less <laughs> less commitment to the Warriors than a coaching consultant but but yeah, other than that, I've never heard of it. And also, the in, our friend of show um, Steve Lichtenstein had a column about this in his Substack, which folks should subscribe to, um, where he he mentions it's kind of weird, right? That like D'Antoni, because like D'Antoni left, and it was like fine. It was like assumed, okay, he doesn't want to doesn't want to. Okay, so Steve, Steve Lichtenstein had a column about this, and, like, it, it, it's weird now that Dan Tony decided to be a consultant for another team. Like, if he had just left and it was like, okay, clearly he feels like if he's not going to be a head coach, he doesn't want to go through the rigmarole of, um, of being an assistant coach and all the work that in travel that's involved in that, fine. But, like, the Nets were, like, at least Sean Mark said, like, yeah, we'll leave the door open if he, you know, any kind of any kind of contact he wants to have with us is great. And then it's like, oh, well, he wants to have minimal contact with this other team and no contact with us. Like, that's a little weird. Yeah, it's a, kind of a sick burn. Yeah. Do you think that there's a little friction in the mm. in the Nash-Dantoni relationship? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, and I wonder if it's... If it's not, it could be that. And if it's not that, I wonder if there's some friction with one or more of our stars. Mm. Um, Maybe James? Yeah, could be James Harden, could be Kyrie, could could be, you know, Durant. Like, clearly, I mean, any 
anything. Do you think, that, do you think D'Antoni didn't pass him uh, the ball after he made a shot one time? <laughs> possible. Possible. It's possible. So, uh, before we move on from this, do you think consult coaching consultants is going to become a a bigger thing in the mm. media? We're going to hear about more coaching consultants because I mean, again, we have an entire corner devoted right. to assistant coaches. If we have to start a coaching consultant <laughs> corner, I mean, the better alliteratively. Yes, yes, uh, for sure. Right, but and I, in fact, maybe we should just. <laughs> Switch over to coaching consultant corner now. That does have a ring to it. The yes. triple C, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, do you think there's going to be more of these guys? Um, yeah, I think there is, William. I really do because I think that um, they've sort of figured out a, a niche for your your maybe you're an aging coach or you're a coach who doesn't really want to be an assistant, but you still want to bring in some money, mm-hmm. like. Well, here, just be a consultant and, you know, probably make similar money to assistant coach. Because especially, like, I don't think it's going to be, like, if you're a scraping by hard, you know, working hard, just getting started assistant coach. You're not going to be hired as a, as, a, as a consultant. The consultants are, like, high-end, you know, just like any kind of consultant. Really, like, consult, the word consultant is applied to people who are making a lot of money for not much work. Right, right. They're uh, big ideas, people. Right, exactly. Which brings us to our actual assistant coach in Assistant Coach's Corner, Simon. Uh-huh. A flame-throwing wing. Oh, right. <laughs> who LeBron James earned tens of millions of dollars in <laughs> contracts for. <laughs> the one. The only Kyle Corver. Yeah, didn't O'Reilly talk about like a legendary like uh, off-season workout that? Corver- yeah, he was part of something that no doubt by this point, um, fifty thousand dollar a year travel budget. Riley has found a way to dabble in, but it is um, Atlas uh, Atlas runs or something where they like. They have to carry a stone of a certain weight, like mm. above their head, in like the deep sea, where you like jump, you like go right. a certain way underwater with a massive stone for yeah. a certain distance. Which, right. I mean, these people aren't fish, I don't think. So I'm not <laughs> sure exactly must have some how kind of a, you, yeah, but a breathing device. <laughs> Anyway, it's I at complete. the bottom of the ocean. They have a rock on their head. And <laughs> William, you and I don't always agree, but we both agree that these people are not fish. We, they have to be able to right. breathe at some this point. This podcast is one of virulent differences and disagreements. <laughs> but one thing we do see eye to eye on is that Kyle Corver et al. are not fish. He is not a fish. He's not a fish, folks. <laughs> what he is, is a Brooklyn Nets mm. player development assistant coach. Welcome to the team, Kyle Korver. Uh, what do you think about him? I mean, I think, wasn't he playing in the league last year? Yes, and that's what, there was like headlines that were like, so I guess Kyle Korver retired? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and I got that text from Seth, I was like, oh God, we really don't want, I think he's in his 40s at this point, he hasn't been good, I mean, arguably was never that good, but certainly hasn't been in half a decade. And uh, 
And then I was told he was not a player on our team, but a development coach. Uh, so I guess he's going to be a shooting guy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, because when I when we got him, I was like, oh, that's that for sure means Joe Harris is getting moved. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do we need Joe Harris if we have forty-seven-year-old <laughs> Kyle Korver? The guy's a, a stone on his head. Uh, um. Yeah, anyway, great to have him on board. Uh, he is joining a legendary cast of assistant coaches. Yes. Uh, they, I don't know how the Nets, it seems like <laughs> at a certain point, uh, particularly during COVID times, um, you can't have that many people <laughs> together at once. But we just continue to add to right. our robust collection of assistants. Right. Park Barclay Center's um, already, you know, low capacity right. is, <laughs> right. is uh, bursting right. at the seams. It's a with... sold-out crowd tonight. We have 18,000 <laughs> raucous assistant coaches in the audience. <laughs> Each one more eager than the next to break down video after this game. Corver's got his boulder bunch up there. <laughs> Doing an atlas run tonight. Each one of their boulders has a seat, so very little space. Um, all right, let's turn now, Simon, mm. to headline of the week. I can't wait. Barclays Center will require employees, fans, to be vaccinated. Yes, but then doesn't it also say that you you can get in with a test, I thought, which is exactly the same policy that they had? I didn't read past the headline okay. on this one. I could, I could be wrong about that, But folks. I kind of wanted to bring this up because last time I brought up the suggestion of, of vaccine requirements, mm. you had a fun uh, two-tiered society sort of take. Right. Um, and I just – I'm wondering where you're at. Are you Are you – more now on the side of, yes, I think it's reasonable to request that in public spaces people be required to be vaccinated, or are you sticking to the, uh, this is creating, or whatever, I'll let you explain where you're at. So I I have a, um, I'm ambivalent, because... Especially with the Delta variant and whatnot, like, you know, obviously there are um, serious and real concerns about the viral spread um, of a still very much raging uh, pandemic. Um, and vaccines, though I am uh, a good example, uh, do are not a hundo. In terms of prevention, <laughs> but they, they definitely cases. they definitely uh, help and you know make it so that you're very unlikely to go to the hospital or die, even if you do get sick. So I'm you know I understand that, and I also understand that like going to a Nets game is not the same thing as being able to go to a grocery store or, or go to a doctor's office or you know like life critical things. That said, I will just say that. E- even now, um, the Times has had a story that, like, um, black people who are eight, black New Yorkers who are eighteen to forty-four, have twenty-seven percent have are like fully vaccinated. So, like, you're dealing with very significant differences in in vaccine um, uh, who who is vaccinated, and you know that that's going to have consequences if you're requiring vaccination. So that's just something to keep in mind. I'm not saying that, like, there's not an obvious policy reason for it, but you, you do want to kind of 
be aware of uh, like right the what groups who are going to be left out yeah were that to be the policy yeah okay well we'll we'll see what evolves I mean hopefully by the time that uh, the season begins and. Mm. Two months, um, COVID will feel like um, Janko jeans, you know. They're just <laughs> which, which are kind of coming no, back. What baggy God pants are back? I don't know if they're jinkos, but like baggy pants are in with the kids now. Really? Yes. Fashion is cyclical. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every twenty years, right? Mm, that's what I always pinch say. me. Pinch uh, me. Pinch <laughs> me. It's twenty years ago. Tip of my hat to twenty years. <laughs> All right. We're going to get a little summer league talk here, Simon. All right. I'm going to hit you with some names, and then I want, I just want fucking stream of consciousness, Rorschach test, feeling based reactions to these these names. Okay. Uh, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. uh, Don't want to get too high so I don't get too low. Um, (laughs) I I love, I'm excited. I mean, it's exciting that, like, he's leading the league in the summer league. In scoring for rookies, he, he for had rookies. right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, a lot of caveats. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, just had, like his, like his, anyway. Yeah, freshman <laughs> leading NCAA right. in freshman scoring. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, it's exciting to have a 19 year old who's who's doing that and is hitting game winning shots and is you know whatever. That that's great that we got it at the with the 27th pick. That is so much more, like you know think back to to Musa. Like Musa was never doing anything like that. No. Um, so think back to yeah, Karis LeVert. <laughs> so, who I think there's some there is some real similarities between those two players. Honestly, Cam Thomas and, and right, except one isn't chronically injured. Okay, well, and hey, I think Cam Thomas is slightly more efficient score. Uh, well, we'll see. In, yeah, in, yeah, in the, in the yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, sorry, this is supposed to be fast. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll yeah. Just not not get too high, so I don't get too low. I love that. Uh, it's a it's it's as pithy as your he did it first, he did it best <laughs> line. It, I feel like it should be a new a new Simon catchphrase. Mm. Uh, Dayron Sharp, uh, love him. I think like I think he was like over six with like four points the last game or something. But I. I he's still like always in the positive in the in the plus minus in the last three games like even the game that we lost pretty badly, yeah. um, and like, I think that that game he was like a plus fourteen or something so like he's there's some evidence at least it's a very small sample size that he is helping a can help a team win he does look raw like there's some pretty bad defensive um, like little like clips of him like pretty much seeming to not really know what he's doing out there yeah. But, um, so I'm not anticipating him being, like, our savior in the center uh, uh, position, but uh, great stuff from him as well. Yeah, I would say my my one-word summation of him, mm. motor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can, we can teach him those defensive fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. And by we, I mean someone we've met in the assistant coach's corner. Right, exactly, exactly. David Duke Jr. Uh, I gotta say, I don't see the hype. I, yeah. I just don't. I've read a million tweets about how he's great, and it was a great pickup, and he should have been drafted, and I don't... Again, I haven't watched these games, but I'm looking at his box scores. I'm looking at the highlights. Like, I don't... I'm Maybe I'm the only one in Nets world that is underwhelmed by him, but I don't really I have, get I it. feel nothing about him. <laughs> yeah. I feel extremely... Excited 
about Cam mm-hmm. and Dayron. Mm-hmm. I'm already on a first name basis with both of them. Right, sure. Uh, they are in the Nick Claxton realm of just like, these guys are going to be fantastic one day, and I cannot wait to be there to watch them evolve. I don't care at all about David Duke. Uh, I've watched him play. He hasn't stood out to me. I know that, you know, he's supposed to be a pretty good on-ball defender. I haven't, you know, certainly didn't stand out. Um, I wasn't really watching for it too much. But, yeah, and and I'm I'm not not totally thrilled about him. But we'll see if he gets a contract. I will say the thing that makes me a little empathetic towards him is that call that he got in the second round from the Nets. Did you hear about this? Mm -mm, So he got a call from the Nets that was basically like, listen, it might actually behoove you not to get drafted because we can offer you, like, this opportunity to be on our team so that there might have been, like, something there that potentially could have been drafted, but his agent took him out of the draft in order to Mm. get this, like, guaranteed thing in Summer League with the Nets. It's it's not totally clear to me, because, of course, second round doesn't mean that you're guaranteed anything either, and I'm not sure how one is better or worse than the other, but, I mean, you know, I, I... Guess it doesn't hurt to have like a defensive-minded wing guard on our team, uh, or another one, because we're, we seem to be racking them up at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, David Duke Jr. has not in the the games I've seen has not jumped off the page. Though there does seem to be enthusiasm in Nets Nation in general. Next one, Brandon Knight. He's back. Uh, Dislike. I, 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 again, only going on box score and stuff. He seems to be taking a lot of shots that I really wish were going to literally anyone else who's not like a 28 year old trying to bust back into the lead. Yeah. Like anyone else. Can't give Cam Thomas another like 10 shots so that he shoots like 30 times a game or something. I would rather that. No, than... Brandon, I, I mean, you know. Uh, he used to be all right, and it, but he had some really bad injuries, and he just doesn't have, like, uh, the, in what I've seen, one, he's not a good shooter, and two, he no longer has, like, the Spencer Dinwiddie blow-by thing. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to blow-by guys to get buckets and just couldn't really do it on a consistent basis because of those knee injuries. So it's like, what are you getting him for? Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, I think it's probably, like, a favorite to an agent. Uh, final one. A little bit a little bit hard for me to say this one out loud. Nets rescind offer to Reggie Perry. I know. I was I was honestly hoping you didn't see that. And yeah, that it no, would be, I, like, I December <laughs> before you realize Reggie Perry was on the team anymore. Kevin! <laughs> I, I am... I know that I... That this... Podcast is co-hosted by the biggest Reggie Perry fan on the Huge. planet. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, it was a little concerning that in summer league he was shooting so poorly as a center, but the guy does get rebounds. He shot a lot of of threes though. Yeah, that hurt his shooting percentage. I, I right. I, 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 he does get rebounds, uh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, and that's something we need. So, I think you know. I think we don't have to dwell on Reggie Perry. I think he benefits, in fact, from not dwelling too much mm. upon him. He is a guy mm. I love mostly because I haven't had to 
really see that much Reggie Perry. I hope to continue to love him. I hope it's with the Nets. It doesn't sound like it's going to be. It very explicitly sounds like it will not be. <laughs> um, but I hope he gets a yeah. gets a deal somewhere in the league, and I, I imagine he he will. Yeah, he's got he's got some interesting. Like he's a good size. He certainly, as you said, willing to shoot the three, could maybe develop that. And again, already a very, very good rebounder. Yeah. Which um, takes us now, Simon, out of Las Vegas, out of Summer League, and into the mind of one of the great analytic philosophers of our time. (laughs) (laughs) Seth Bartnow. Uh, so Seth Bartnow, writer for The Athletic, a former analytics guru for the Milwaukee Kiki Bucks, uh, has come out with his NBA tiers. This is the second, go for it, the second year in a row that he has done so. And this year, it is loaded up. With Brooklyn Nets players. So this is beyond like a a 1 through 25, 125, like, you know, ranking system. He instead tries to break the NBA out into tiers, which he thinks more accurately sort of captures the way that um, different tiers of players can impact a team. Whereas if you like the difference between 78 and 80 or something like that seems more important in a list of one to under 25 than it, than it does like, and and that's less useful for a lot of like front offices than thinking about like, okay, these guys are tier three, like the bottom half of tier three or something like that. Um, So I guess this is, this is more of a reflection of how front offices around the NBA try to rate and evaluate players. The Nets this season, and we can just go through the tiers, I think, that yeah. Nets players appear. Let's do it. We'll start with 1A, and there are three people in the very, very uppermost tranche of this this uh, hierarchy, and that is LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and our very own Kevin Durant. Top three, 1A guy. These are guys who, if you have them on your team, you are basically automatically a um, championship contender. Yeah. Exciting. It's really exciting. It's really exciting. And then it drops down to tier 1B, which uh, goes from four to seven. So the first tier only has seven players and these are these again like all seven of these are you have one on your team it's going to be pretty hard for you not to be relevant as a title contender uh we have in 1b james harden so he is in this would be between four and seven somewhere between four and seven which means we are the one team in the nba with two guys in the top tier of seth partnow's breakdown uh, what's your reaction to that? It's incredible. I mean, it's it really is actually kind of a little stressful because it means like like there could be very serious repercussions for lots of people if the Nets do not perform extremely well this year. Um, because there's not only that, like the things you described, which are you know the 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 two the two big-time A-listers, but also Kyrie's down there at maybe, like, 16 or 17 He's 2C. 
Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, he's the very bottom of the second tier. But that's still only, that's um, 8 through 19. Right. So he's, you know, towards the 19-ish end right. of that. But still, that's three guys in the top 20. Exactly. And no other team has, has that. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then even below that, you have Joe Harris, who's in like a tier with, um, with like the... Fred Van Vliet and C.J. McCollum. And He's like real high of like in this. Four, four A, which is thirty-seven to forty-nine. So right. that's again like probably a top fifty guy according right. to this, which is staggering. Yeah, right. Very, very useful players. Now you could argue playoff Joe Harris is about as useless as it gets, but but um, but like that's also incredible. And then you know also Blake Griffin and and. Um, and uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown are yeah. in here, like a very end of it, but five A. So they're in the eighty to one twenty five range, yeah. which is probably like between eighty and a hundred. Those right. two guys are. So that that's that is also incredible. Like that's the entire starting lineup, and we also have Patty Mills, who I'm sure is. You know, he's not in the 125, but he's got to be... I think some people would say he's better than, like, Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's... I don't know. That's We have an incredible amount of talent on this team. You could... I'm sh- I know that you have have uh, negative feelings about Seth Partnow, but, but if you... Even if you have disagreements, like, just... just there's so much on this list that, like, I think lots of people would at least agree with the broad outlines of that just screams, like, one, it's exciting, we have a very talented team. That's probably the most important thing to winning a championship. But two, it's incredibly stressful. Like, you know, there was, like, a certain wonderfulness about the days of, of, uh, you know, um, uh, we've, you know, the... Justin Hamilton. Justin Hamilton's and, and like Isaiah oh, White. Exactly. And, and yeah, as we've said before, you know, there's just a, a sort of Whitehead. a wonderful, like, easy breeziness to, to that. Um, that's completely gone. No, the pressure's on. We're at the top of power rankings. We are going to be the, you know, uh, people like Zach Lowe use the phrase prohibitive favorites for what the Nets are this year. And I think that that is. Deserved. Like, we got a little tiny glimpse in the playoffs of how dominant they could be. Um, that was, of course, um, derailed by injuries. And I think it, Zach Lowe had Mike Budenholzer on the show, and they're like, yeah, game three was, was super important, but, you know, like, our guys just got our defensive grit going, and, and we ended up winning that one, and that really turned it around. It's like, right, yeah, and uh, Kyrie Irving was injured, and James <laughs> Harden had already been injured, and then James Harden returned without a leg, and Kyrie Irving never came back. So that also, <laughs> your defense was superb. Mike Budenholzer, but maybe there were a couple other major fucking factors in why you won that goddamn series. Yeah, and Joe Harris was, you know, shitting himself. You could have Joe Harris literally shitting himself (laughs) if you had either of those two guys fully healthy, (laughs) then that's probably still would have beaten that team. Anyway, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. He has, uh, yeah, Giannis, of course, in in the top three as well, so... I think a lot of people are recognizing that the East has a good chance of, as at least at the upper end, um, has a good chance of being better than the West. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like Lakers and then a 
lot of question marks. A ton of questions. Like, are the Suns actually good? Um, Jamal Murray's not coming back, and Kawhi Leonard's not coming back this season. So those teams are out. Like, is Clay Thompson going to be good for the Warriors? Because if so, they could be good. Otherwise, who knows? Yeah, and so much hinges upon also the big, like, um, Damian Lillard and um, Bradley Beal sort of, and, and Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons, Like, yeah. where do those three go? Do you think, as someone who actively roots against the Sixers ever um, being good, mm-hmm. because that would challenge the Nets, do you think that Ben Simmons begins the season as a 76er? I don't. I don't, William. Um, I think it's just so, as the kids say, William, cringe. Cringe, Ben Simmons. Um, cringe. <laughs> I, I mean... Cringe, I, Mom! <laughs> cringe! I, I, I know that, uh, that um, God, who is their GM? What's the guy's name? Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is known to be more on the, like, hinky end of the yes. emotional uh, intelligence yeah. spectrum. The, right. Uh, uh, right. The but, inverse of their IQ. Right. Um, but he is... Um, I just... I It just seems like that will be a massive distraction uh, the entire time and could potentially poison the rest of the season. I don't know, though. I mean, I wouldn't bet much money on that, but that's my guess. What do you think? I totally... I agree. I think that... Um, Daryl Morey is obviously upset that he's not going to be able to get as much for Ben Simmons as he initially thought and is of the mind that, like, okay, the best thing I could possibly do is wait for the inevitable to happen, which is Damian Lillard's like, oh, right, my team still sucks, obviously. Or Bradley Beal to finally be like, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off of leaving this awful team that I've been on for eternity. Um, And, like, that's why you have Ben Simmons. And, you know, he clearly believes that, but there is a human element, and there is, like, Ben, of all people who are not going to to make it work, Mm. like, Ben Simmons seems like one who will really, really not make it work. Like, Mm -hmm. he is totally checked out of the Philadelphia experience. He knows that his coach and fellow superstar, Joel Embiid, have both, uh, you know, belittled him in the media and he does not seem like a guy who's like I'll play through it because I just you know I, I care so much about the Thir- game thirst that I to, to win be. is is my right. number one trait right right exactly <laughs> so yeah I think it's a really really awful situation it will poison the team and I think that actually you know someone has to point out to Daryl Morey that if that's the case and Ben Simmons is like a dumpster fire at the beginning of the season because you've made him be on that team, maybe he has even less value then because everyone knows that you are so desperate to get rid of him. Not that they aren't aware of that now. And and it'll it's like, okay, if you continue to see Ben Simmons like be not good, that is like, you know, makes it less likely that like the Trailblazers or whatever look at a Ben Simmons centered package and think you know, this right. is the best we can let's, get. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, before those those dominoes fall, it's it's difficult to say, like, who's, who's going to be great next season. But uh, there seem to be a lot of competitive teams in the, in the East, and um, 
Yeah, I guess we'll see. There, I think there's more parody this year than definitely in, in years past. Um, all right. Any other heavily Nets-focused things you want to discuss before we transition to our mailbag? No. Okay. So this mailbag from a listener, I believe she's out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Though, is about to be in Boston. Okay, you believe? I believe this yeah. listener is. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, has sent us a number of questions that I want to get into with you, Simon. First question from listener in Albuquerque. Please match each player on your dream Nets team. Composed of past or living dead dead nets, or dead nets, to an appropriate Great American Chain theme restaurant that you visited on this podcast and or on you talking to menu, <laughs> our alternative podcast, which you should definitely check out. Ideas for restaurants to pair up with your favorite players include, and it's a very lengthy list. Simon. I don't know exactly how you want to go about doing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've got some great restaurants that she listed here, which, you know, some of them I had to really jog my memory mm. to, uh, to, to try to remember anything about having gone to them. But I don't know. Yeah. How do, how do, you, how do you feel like we should go about doing this one? I don't know. Just uh, one of us picks a person and matches them to a restaurant and explains why. Okay. <laughs> what, what, how are you? Thinking? What do you? What, okay. Well, uh, you do you have a few in mind? Uh, I I can I can give you a couple. Because I was just like yeah, I was yeah, I was me. saying we could maybe like maybe we could we I could name a couple a few of these restaurants right mm-hmm. and we could give us like a our memory or impression of them and then try to link them to someone. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, so let's start with the fun one. The Tilted Kilt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, this is a famed restaurant. Yes. Uh, where it's it's essentially Hooters for Scottish? Uh, Scotch Scottish and Irish. It, it, I think it's both sort of the green. Right. So um, like a plaid kilt yeah. and boobs, I think, Correct. are the, the, the driving force of this restaurant. Uh, probably the fare, if I recall, is of the chicken tinder and yeah, onion par- ring par food, yeah. type, of, type of vibe. Um, who, uh, what net, uh, current, living, or dead... <laughs> Could be a dead net. Living or dead net. <laughs> Which uh, one do you think most reminds you of a Scottish restaurant? To me, it's got to be James Harden, uh, legendary for uh, going to strip clubs. It, it seems like a party all night kind of restaurant, and he's a party all night kind of kind net. Of guy. Perfect. I love it. Um, Saints and Sinners. Do you remember this one? Yeah, this is the one that uh, I believe it, this <laughs> listener, whose location I may or may not know, um, uh, yeah, we, that we did together. Yeah, it's a bordello-themed restaurant mm. um, it, based in New Orleans uh, where you are either a saint or a sinner. Yeah. Um, and it is run by Channing Tatum. Right. I believe. A hot guy. 
Um, <laughs> so for me, okay, hot guy. Yes. Um, Damare Carroll. Hot guy <laughs> equals Damari Carroll. Because he was very fashionable. Okay, but hot and fashionable. Okay, okay who's the hottest? Who's the hot? Oh, Nick Claxton. Yeah. Nick Claxton. Super hot, super beautiful man. Just like Channing Tatum's a beautiful man. Uh, he's also a bit of a sinner and a bit of a saint. <laughs> like all of us, I guess, in the end. Yes, that's we, true. We, we're, we're all a mix we're, of good and bad. Co- that's exactly right. Um. All right. How about Dick's Last Resort, Simon? What's your What are your thoughts on Dick's Last Resort? Um, as I recall, this is the place where the the big um, the the big sort of perk is that the uh, the waiters the waitresses are very mean to you. Yeah, I mean and the whole like point it? is yeah you're demeaned. Yeah, it's it's very much a masochistic joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I went there. I I didn't go there, but I, I took a picture with the uh, mascot Dick, I guess. Oh, right. Uh, in the Mall of America, in um, gorgeous city, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, who, to you, embodies masochism, or just like having someone be really, really, really mean to you? Oh, to me, it's definitely Kyrie. Um, I feel like the put, putting your your team's fate in the hands of Kyrie Irving is very similar to going to a restaurant where you know you're going to be insulted and belittled. For me, it's kind of Kenny Atkinson. Okay. Um, just because I feel more not like that he is Dick's last resort, but that he is like he would be good for Dick's last resort because he it's like something about how obviously tortured he mm. is strikes me as someone who would would be you know. Into the idea of going to a place and them telling him, right, how, just like right. your out of timeout plays are fucking awful, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You need to spend more time not sleeping and not with your family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you need to stretch the limits of what's physically possible. Right, your face is not gray and tortured enough for me. <laughs> you worthless sack of shit. I wonder if he's any less insane in the assistant coach. Job, right? Like less, less obviously. Right. Um, like if people are like, "Oh mind. God, Kenny, you you look horrible again." Like you're not even the head coach. No, I think I think he's got to to be a little bit down. more relaxed. Like yeah. how uh, you, you can't develop players as twenty four hours a day as you can, um, you know, worrying about all the things going to head being a head coach. I don't think. Uh, let's do one of your favorites, um, Rice to Riches. Oh, I don't have anything for this, but but I can describe it. Yeah, I, describe I can, it, okay. and through your description, perhaps something will come to one of us. Rice to Riches is the rice pudding-themed restaurant that has some mob-themed names for their rice pudding, but mostly just has totally nonsensical names and connections that aren't there attached to their um, their puddings. Yeah. Do you remember any of them? I struggle to think of a specific name, but anyone... Yes, it's like two, easily two-thirds of the names right. make no sense. Uh, Italian mob... Mm. Related net. 
Oh, right. Yes, it was also right. It was run by a, a by a mob. Mobster, right, a reporter. Yeah. Oh, why don't we just give it to um, uh, Mikhail... What was the former oh, Prokhorov. owner? Prokhorov. Prokhorov. Sure. Prokhorov. Perfect. Perfect. Not, not that he's a gangster, but he is a billionaire with a harem who made his money through extraction of rare earth minerals in a kleptocracy. So, you know, maybe has dabbled in yeah, some in light... Yeah, con- in a country that definitely has a very strong and powerful mafia. Maybe he's not attached to it, but... It's out there. Yeah. It's he could there. be above the fray. Yeah. He could definitely be above the fray. Um, final one? Unless you want to do more? Yeah, no, no. Uh, this has been great. Rainforest Cafe. Ah, yes. Animatronic fun. Mm-hmm. I really wish we'd gone there in Atlantic City. Instead, we went yeah. and had a really nice meal somewhere else. <laughs> um, but Rainforest, you get to keep the cup. Mm. Birthplace of Keep the Cup. Yes. Um, other oh, you got, I think you get misted at your table. Yes, there's lots so you, of mist. You get you get pretty wet as you eat. Yeah. Uh, what kind of net is that? To, for you? to me, it's Jared Allen because I would lo- and it's because I would love to go to Rainforest Cafe with Jared Allen. I think he would genuinely like it, and I think he would be the most like of of nets. He is maybe the least sort of like, um, I or one of the least at least like, um, you wouldn't have to put on a big production, right? Like if you take KD somewhere, assuming he's willing to go with you somewhere, like you've got to like pull out all the stops. Everything has got to be perfect. You're like nervous the entire time that he's not having a good time. It's not spectacular enough, etc. Jared Allen, I feel like you're like, hey, buddy, you want to like go to this like kitschy theme thing? I think he'd be fine with it. Oh, he'd love it. Yeah, it's right up his alley. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for these these questions. Yes, They're, thank you. Uh, extremely Mystery good, listener. and they remind us of simpler times. Yeah, yeah. Where melt- maybe, maybe worse times, probably somewhat worse. Times. Probably worse times. Now we have. A little time, Simon, and I don't know if you want to do this. We could go finally to a place we were denied due to technical issues. Uh, Van Gogh's ear. Oh, we never went there. We never went to Van Gogh's ear. So, do you want to? Sure, I'll go to fucking Van Gogh's ear. <laughs> All right, forty-six minutes in. Well, uh, let me just jot this down for our listener and uh, put it in the notes. Forty-six. Uh, we're going to take a little trip to Van Gogh's ear, and this is in New York, uh, in Manhattan. Mm. So perhaps we can look at this menu through the lens of what it will tell us about the Knicks and their deep-seated psychological issues. <laughs> okay. Does that seem reasonable? Sure. <laughs> sure it does. All right. Well, let's start, as we do most of these delightful journeys, to restaurants that are relevant to the, the Nets and that they reveal psychology of our opponents. Um, and let's start with a drink, Simon. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just pulling it up here. Okay, I'll start with mine. Thank it's going to be a, a cafe favorite, Simon, called the 
the other ear. Mmm. It's a double cappuccino plus chocolate plus almond plus creme de menthe for $5.50. That is a hell of a lot of sweet and a hell of a lot of caffeine. Yes. And that kind of has the go, go, go sensibility of your New York Knicks. Yes. So I am not seeing a drink thing. I think I may have gotten the wrong. It's okay. Ah, oh, crud. I'm we'll, sorry. We'll is this on. in Venice? Uh... Huh? Is this Venice? Venice? No, this is in Manhattan, don't no? Oh, okay. Yeah. Van Gogh's Restaurant. It's called Van Gogh's Ear. Yeah. I think what you might like, Simon, is a blueberry lemonade. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Fresh really squeezed lemonade with blueberry syrup and blueberries. Mm. And that's all for $5. Mm. 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 Okay, let's move on and get ourselves a main course here. Would you, Simon... Be interested in a sandwich, a salad, a pizza, or a tacos and things? I think I would love a sandwich. I just don't know. Do you think there's any chance (laughs) (laughs) you might like a curried chickpea melt? It's vegan. Yes, I would like that. All right, so it's chickpea and cauliflower salad, vegan cheese, lettuce, tomato, all on a toasted roll, Simon. Mm. What's got you most jazzed about a curried chickpea melt? I love curry, and I love chickpeas, William. That's the truth of it. Uh, what That's... about a cauliflower salad? Um, I, I maybe... Maybe we but, were ooh. at a we were at a uh, restaurant last night, La Conda. Okay, it's an Italian place by where we're moving, and we got a cauliflower souffle appetizer. Mm, now that sounds good. Souffle is never bad. Yeah, but a cauliflower salad, you think maybe like too chunky, too raw, much cauliflower really going like... on. It's this thing also has vegan cheese on it, which sounds. I mean, you're more comfortable with that than I am, but. <laughs> Yeah, you can't be you can't be thrilled about that. No, but can I tell you something? I finally found a menu. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I would be very interested in the buffalo chicken meatballs. Oh wow! Which are chicken and blue cheese meatballs, red hot sauce glaze, and blue cheese sauce. Damn, red hot sauce glaze. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> For William. breakfast, that's right. William. That is so right. Tell me more. Uh, All right. Well, Simon, I'm going to go ahead and get myself a ham toasty. Mm, What's in that one? Just ham, brie, Swiss, fig jam, and a bit of whole grain bread. Honestly, that sounds like a nightmare. No, I don't want it. I I was out. Fig jam? Fig jam. Come on. Yeah. I I hate fig. But you love Swiss. I love Swiss. That's true. You know, uh... Tom's a big Swiss fan. Really? Yeah, he got uh, a turkey Swiss today at the bodega. Bing, bang, boom. Bing, bang. That's incredible. Boom. Wait, you, he, he ate a... Boy, your, your we parents went to, are... Uh, we, went, we took um, bodega sandwiches to the park. Had oh, a little picnic earlier. Lovely. Yeah. That honestly sounds incredible. I didn't even know they had Swiss at bodegas. Oh, you go to the right bodega, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simon, let's set up the desserts. Okay. And they have a robust dessert menu. Yes, this they place do. is, I say, more bakery than restaurant. Mm, mm. That's totally fair. Just based entirely fair. on the uh, 
the extent of their dessert menu. They also have a Van Gogh's Ear Shake Lab. <laughs> so if you'd like the idea of someone's ear being, you know, <laughs> chopped finely in a right. blender, right? Uh, it's probably the look no further than their <laughs> Ear Shake Lab. Right. <laughs> A lab. Uh, yeah, Do you really need a laboratory a lab for, for your ear shake? Uh, yeah, no, for an ear shake for sure. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, some of the the working scientists there can come up with like a, a lie strong enough to quickly dissolve the and, ear. Yeah, I'm sure they're well well on their way. They're well on their way to the perfect ear dissolve lie. <laughs> Almost certainly, they're well on their way. And the lie. Add something to the taste for now, but they're working on neutralizing the taste they, of the toxic right. chemical. Right. Dissolving the eye turn, uh, ear turned out to be quite a lot easier than making you not taste the dissolved ear. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So what are the desserts you get? I'm going to get the sour cream coffee cake. Okay. Now that okay. is... Very intriguing to me. I have no idea what sour cream will do to a coffee cake, but I know that I love coffee cake. And I also know that it comes with uh, icing and walnuts, which I, which I, I, well, walnuts on their own, I do not like. But walnuts in a dessert, terrific. And, William, I will just say in closing that I'm getting it a la modi. Of course, of course. You got to get it all emoji. Yeah, we are looking at very different menus, but that's totally mm. fine. It doesn't matter. True. I think our restaurants are different. Yeah, I, think I don't I think we're going again. to the same restaurant, <laughs> but it's been fun sort of going there with you. I'm going to go ahead and get the classic, the carrot cake. But of course, it wouldn't be Van Gogh's ear, Simon, if they didn't add their own twist. <laughs> <laughs> There's human ear in this cake. No. Uh, <laughs> It is made with raisins. Okay, you're like, I've had a carrot cake with raisins. I That's have, yes. not surprising mm-hmm. if, if, if it continues it's, to be somewhat disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have raisins, but they are in there sometimes. Right. So it's got raisins, then it has an ampersand, and then it has the real curveball. That curveball is pineapple. Ooh. Yeah, what are we doing here? Yuck. I mean, Van Gogh was out there. Yeah, he was ahead of his time in this dessert. Is at best ahead of itself. Yeah. Uh, it has a cream cheese frosting, which in general I hate. You have picked <laughs> up the wrong can 25 times on this thing. Uh, I'm just moving it over here because I cannot watch you do it again. <laughs> Simon has two cans in front of him. One with, with liquid in it. The other that has been empty for 30 minutes. And every time before he gets to the one that has liquid in it, he picks up the, the fully empty I'm, one. I'm an artiste. <laughs> <laughs> I blend my ear in a shake <laughs> with lye developed in a lab. <laughs> Some of the most flavorless lye you'll ever taste. <laughs> so, anyway, it has cream cheese frosting and toasted coconut, another addition that sounds that truly is repellent. So, it's completely off the wall carrot cake. Yes, raisins, pineapple, and coconut. Ugh. Let the, I, I've always been of the mind, you got to let the carrot cake sink. I agree, and I love carrot cake. Yeah, maybe you'll put a nut in it. You'll put a, yeah. a walnut or something in it. Yeah, you want, yeah. Sure. But otherwise, just let that carrot cake sing, baby. Totally. 
All right. Having perused two wildly different menus very briefly, <laughs> what would you say this tells you, Simon, about the New York Knicks at coming into the 2021-2022 season? Van Gogh's ear, a cafe and restaurant, or whatever the hell you were looking at. I would exactly something. Um, I think it's in Venice, California. Um, the I would say, William, it is the perfect the perfect uh, um, sort of um, comparison for their off season, which is you take something that was that's fine, like a carrot cake, perfectly right. good, and you're thinking you're you're just kind of going with you're just kind of running it back. But you're poisoning it. You're poisoning <laughs> it. Okay. You've you've brought you've you've introduced the element that everyone's going to be traded as soon as somebody comes on the market. You're, that's your coconut or your pineapple, and you've, uh, in my opinion, overpaid and made those so- supposedly tradable, wonderful contracts. Uh, you know kind of toxic assets that are going to make it more difficult to pull off a trade. Fuck you, Knicks. You are the, you are the carrot cake of Van Gogh's ear in New York City. Listeners, we would absolutely love to hear what you would order were you to go to either Van Gogh's ear where I went or to wherever Simon may have gone I, in I Venice don't. or elsewhere. <laughs> Let us know what you and Van Gogh would eat together. Also, what you think about the Knicks. Also, what you think about us. Yes, and ear um, cutting. Yes, ear cutting. Or dissolving. Uh, lies that you think would be particularly yeah. effective What's in the degeneration it? of human parts. Exactly. What's your favorite lie? What is your favorite body-destroying lie? <laughs> we, we get... Very few emails, folks, and I don't know why, because we have great prompts. (laughs) We would love to hear from you re-any of the following (laughs) issues. Lie, (laughs) body-dissolving lie, (laughs) other forms of lie. Any other questions will be immediately deleted. (laughs) Okay, Simon, do you think, were you a listener at minute 57, Mm -hmm. that you would... Maybe press pause and turn to whatever your podcast provider is and rate this podcast. Yes, I would, because I think it's important for folks out there to know that um, your uh, adulation is the only thing that keeps this podcast going. Absolutely. It really is, and it's the only thing that keeps me, uh, you know, getting up in the morning. And um, I can't speak for William, but... That's it. That's getting harder and harder to do every day, and you're the only people who I look for uh, to do it. So please rate us five stars. Right. Let Given Give that. us five stars. Give us a review. Let us know if you think pineapple should ever be introduced into a, pi- uh, a carrot cake. Yes. And if you give us a five-star review, I'm very willing to listen to your arguments for if Yes, I would, I would, I would, in fact, agree to never eat carrot cake without pineapple again for the rest of my life. That's right. That is how committed (laughs) this show is to you as a listener. And if you could show any degree of reciprocity on this, it would be much appreciated. Simon, it has been a pleasure podcasting IRL with you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure going to a few different restaurants. We're not sure. Um, 
who what you were looking at? That might at? be one of our best uh, menu-going experiences. Yeah, just two radically <laughs> different <laughs> menus. Um, we did it first. We did it best, folks. <laughs> and we will go ahead and uh, see, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like Pina Colada.